All right, all right, all right. Um, another episode of The Great White Hope, a.k.a. The Alex Caruso Show, a.k.a. Um, JJ, the jet plane here. Jacob. Um, here to do another episode. I want to talk a little Lakers at the beginning. Uh, kind of jump into some some league trends, some trending things. What's, what's Luca about? And then kind of as Brandon Ingram's taking off a revisit of the 2016 draft. So, yeah, let's dive in. So, I've watched every Laker game so far. They look really good. Their defense is awesome. They're, they're really long. They're stopping people. Um, but let me tell you what I'm concerned about right now. We're relying a lot on Dwight Howard. There's been at least two or three games where his play has pushed us over the top and got us the win. And that's great. I'm all for Laker wins. Um, The problem I have is we all know Dwight. Dwight comes in. He says the right things. We we lived this back in 2000, what was it, 13, something like that, when Dwight first came. He was talking about him and Kobe and – you know how it's going to be Kobe's team and he's going to, you know, defer to him. And, uh, and then what happens 20, 30 games down the line, he's demanding post-ups. He throws a stupid right-hand hook over the top, clanks off the backboard, doesn't try on defense, doesn't set screens, doesn't do the little things. Now he says he's changed. It's been, it's been the first seven games. Looks like he has changed, but, if, if you're wondering how much of an impact he's having, let me just go through a few games here. Um, Spurs, 103-96, something like that. I'm driving. I can't, I can't really tell. So 103-96, I think, was the score against the Spurs. Dwight goes 7 for 7, 14 rebounds in 21 minutes. Now, that's, that's about as efficient as, efficient as you're going to get, and we only won by six. So you take that out, the game's in a little bit more peril. A um, couple putbacks aren't there. Spurs go up by a couple. We might lose that game. Okay, let's fast forward then to the Hornets game, because I watched that game. It was a lot closer than the final score, which was they won by 20 points or something with a bunch of garbage KCP threes. That guy goes off, by the way. When the game's already won and all the scrubs are in, he comes in, he's running off screens like he's Peja Stajakovic, and he's casting him up, and they start going in. That's why his percentage looks good. He's terrible. But um, but we're here to talk about Dwight, so let's get back to him. Uh, so, so Dwight, in that game, goes 8 for 8, 10 rebounds, something like that, in 20 minutes, plus 24 off the bench. It's unsustainable how efficient he is. Maybe he'll keep that up. Maybe we just got to keep his minutes down to keep him fresh. Uh, but my fear is that we all know what's going to happen to Dwight. He's going he's gonna to have a few bad games, score two or three points, doesn't get a lot of touches, um, doesn't get a yell at the crowd after blocking a shot, or uh, you know the media starts criticizing him, and he goes sour. He turns the whole thing about into him, something about him. And, uh, you know, just how much we're relying on him for wins right now. I don't, I'm not, I'm not 
that encouraged. So just to recap, super happy with the Lakers so far. Defense looks great. AD's a, AD's a baller. LeBron's been killing it. Um, so just a little something to watch out for in the future. Um, all right, well, I'll transfer. Transfer. All right, all right. Transferring from the Lakers now, I wanted to go into somebody who's an ex-Laker. Um, somebody who's looked great, actually. Brandon Ingram. Caught the last little bit of the uh, Nets game he had the other day. He had one play where he had the big guy on him, took him baseline, came all the way around, spinning 360 shot, swish, nothing but net. He's looked great. Averaging 20-something points a game, shooting around 40% from three, um, and, uh, and, and really good percentages from, from two-point land as well. It's getting to the basket, getting free throws. Not as many free throws as you think with how long he is and how much he attacks, but that's just the rub on him. He's skinny. He doesn't create a lot of contact. He tries to finish around people, but um, that's me, again, talking as a Laker fan. Uh, but in New Orleans, he's looked great. Now, I'm not saying that that's translated to wins because they're one and six right now, and uh, they're the worst team in the Western Conference. Uh, so I'd say that that trade is working out great for the Lakers right now, but let's let's move past that. Um, with Brandon Ingram's great play recently, it got me thinking, is he the best player in the 2016 draft? Um so it, I went back and looked at it, pulled up a few uh, few of the notables that were drafted. Obviously, Ben Simmons was drafted one, Brandon Ingram two, um, and then later on, Jalen Brown three, I think uh, Jamal Murray seven, uh, pa- Pascal Siakam later, late first round, Buddy Heald mid first round. So it got me thinking, you know, how would I rank those now? And I, and the the ranking is really based on projecting forward, right? So if you were going to start a team right now or add to your team, which of these players on on all the same contracts would you want to draft? Obviously, three of those guys have already gotten paid, but if we're doing this redrafting, it's got to be an even playing ground. Um, so let me go into who what I assume a lot of people would still choose as their number one, the rookie of the year, if you want to call him a rookie. Donovan Mitchell doesn't think so. Um, ben Simmons. Uh, so here's my problem with Ben Simmons. Great player, great athleticism, okay on defense. He tries sometimes, doesn't try other times. Um, but he's long. He gets rebounds. He can do a lot of things out there. My problem is if I'm drafting – and I don't have Joel Embiid. I don't have Tobias Harris out there to create at the end of games. What does my end of game lineup look like? Am I just throwing the ball to Ben and say, you know, go and try to find a bucket? I don't think so. I don't think he's that kind of player. And I think for some of these other players, you can you can say that about it. Jamal Murray. You throw him the ball at the end of a game, one minute left in a playoff game. What's he going to do? He's going to get a shot up. I don't know if he's going to make it. He's pretty hit and miss. So I don't have Ben Simmons number one. Um, Let me tell you who I do have number one. Pascal Siakam. We saw that guy come in big time moments in the playoffs last year. Everybody was like, oh, watch when they put 
when they put Giannis on him, he's not going to be able to score. When they put, um, you know, Draymond Green, he killed Draymond Green. So we saw him do it in the big moments. And then through the first seven games this year, losing Kawhi, he's been the best player on that team. And right now they're a playoff team. He's taking a leap. And he looks a lot better. He's making threes. I think the three-point percentage will come down. But he just he seems like one of those guys that, you know, every year gets better, works his ass off, plays hard. And, uh, and you know what he can do? He can get a bucket in the fourth quarter. He's not a, a typical shot creator like Jamal Murray where he's hitting pull-up jumpers and coming off screens. But... When it, we saw it when it mattered most last year in the playoffs, he had 30-point games in the Eastern Conference Finals in the finals. Um, okay, so he's my number one. My number two, projecting forward, I'm going to say uh, Jamal Murray. Uh, guy's great. Saw him in the playoffs last year. 20-plus uh, points a game. Great three-point shooter, spreads the floor, runs a pick and roll. Uh, he can do a lot of things. Uh, the only problem, if any hesitation I have, is his defense. Uh, you can say that about a lot of good good players. But he's small. Um, even, even when they played uh, last year, teams were just isolating him, going one-on-one, trying to get him in foul trouble, um, which was pretty easy because he's pretty terrible at defense. But, you know, I like him, and I think uh, – Obviously, the Nuggets do, or else they wouldn't have given him that gigantic contract. Uh, but, you know, they made a bet, and I, and I like it. Um, so he's my number two. Now, going to number three, this is – and you'll still notice I don't have Ben Simmons so far. So that's that's kind of where I have him. Um, but number three, I've got – I've got Brandon Ingram. I think he's – I watched him pretty religiously uh, when he was in L.A. I haven't watched as much of him in New Orleans, just the nationally televised games. Um, but I've liked what I've seen so far. Every year he's kind of taken a little leap. And and you know what? Not everybody is is meant to play in L.A. We, we know that. We saw that with D'Angelo Russell. He needed a change, a change of scenery. He needed to get out, get into a more, an offense that fit his skill set better. Um, and he had all this stuff with the team and the chemistry and all that. So uh, that was another thing. But, uh, but what I what I like what I see about Brandon Ingram is he's got to have the ball in his hands. Um, he cannot be really a complimentary player. So I'm I'm curious on how things are going to be when Zion gets back. But Zion's so good and he's off ball. He's flying around. He doesn't need the ball in his hands so much. But uh, Bi long lanky. My biggest question mark with him is can he consistently hit a three pointer? We saw it go up and down in L.A. It looks like it's up again. Uh, will that be consistent uh, for the Pelicans this year? It looks like he put the time in. And he just looks a lot more comfortable. He's got the freedom. It's, it's kind of his team right now. It's, he's he's going to take a bulk of the shots. He's got Lonzo, who, who defers a lot. Um, Drew, who, who takes shots, but he doesn't dominate uh, the ball like LeBron or if he was playing with Anthony Davis or any of those guys really would. Um, and it seems like he's just matured a little bit. And I think if you project forward and he keeps making these incremental, incremental increases, he's only 
22, 23. Um, and I think he's got everything you need. He's got a mid-range. He's got a pull-up. He can handle. He can defend. He can uh, defend well. Um, so that's my number three. Um, number four, going with Ben Simmons. Um, after all those things I said about him, obviously he's still a great player. He's got a lot of intangibles. But, um, yeah, so I got him at four. Nothing really else to say. Hopefully he can um, – you know, hit a jumper. And that's coming from somebody who, you know, myself couldn't really hit a jumper his whole career. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, and then he's going to round off my top five with uh, <coughs> uh, not Buddy Heald. I think I'm going to go with Jalen Brown. And the reason I'm going with Jalen Brown is just because I know – what he's going to give us, right? His defense is elite. (coughs) Sorry about that. Defense is elite. Um, His offensive game is a little robotic, but he's he's got the athleticism to attack the basket. Um, My only only concern with him is his feel. Um, Doesn't look like he has a great feel for the game, when he should drive, when he should go. And when it's on and he's and he's driving and, and making shots, it looks great. But then there's other times he's just driving into three people and throwing something up or trying to pass to a teammate and getting stolen. Um, but, again, same thing with Pascal Siakam and him. We saw him do it in huge moments in the Eastern Conference. Now, the thing that nobody really wants to say is that was – that playoff run was against probably the weakest Eastern Conference teams we've seen in 10, 15 years. That was just – everybody talks about that. And then even LeBron, you know, getting to the finals that year with that Cavaliers team, he went through the Indiana Pacers. Ugh, they were terrible. They had Victor Oladipo, and that's about it. Um, he beat the Boston Celtics without Kyrie, so Jason Tatum. And they say at Horford, but, I mean – Horford's record against LeBron is abysmal. And then I think they beat the Raptors who just swallowed a cyanide pill and killed themselves. So that was, you could, I, I, I can hear the argument for Brown not doing it in such a huge moment, but the moment was, you know, it was Eastern conference finals pressure is still there. Even if the, t- if the teams aren't that great. Um, so yeah, buddy healed kind of leaving off great shooter. Um, hasn't really done much. Hasn't led to a lot of winning. And it was really just this last year that he started doing well. Um, the whole time he was in New Orleans, didn't do much. But um, So, yeah, that's that.